Episode 17. Put your bonehead on my shoulder. Welcome to the Adventures in Lollygagging Podcast. What you laughing at, Josh? <laughs> what you laughing at, Josh? I'm looking at everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at everybody. How's everybody doing? You feeling all right? Feeling good? Ready yeah. to go? It's exciting. Good. We're playing on a Saturday night. We never we never play on the weekends. Nope. Never do. Oh. Sorry, I work retail. Me no. too. Sorry. I don't. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Retail. No thanks. Uh, but no, we uh, yeah we get to play uh, get to play a little bit on, on a on a Saturday. Josh playing a little hurt, a little sick. I, uh, a little I, bit. I infected him with my love. Uh, with my love. <laughs> I'm just in character. I'm wounded. So yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Everybody is. Everybody's wounded. <laughs> it was a pretty, uh, pretty uh, violent, bloody end uh, to the last episode. Uh, it's very nice. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I don't really feel like feel like dilly dallying too much. Mm-hmm. Anyone got any? Anyone got any announcements? Any, anything new going on? Any I'm pregnant. You're pregnant. <laughs> no. <I'm> just, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's that's very sad. Uh, so let's let's just jump right in. Um, the last couple episodes, the last episode or so, we were in a bit of a you were in a bit of a pickle, I should say, yes. right? So you all headed north, deep into the Rutten Woods, to visit the site where a group of PHC workers were found dead several weeks ago, almost months ago, and. Gabriel's disappearance is somehow connected to this. Mm-hmm. And you were led there by a sunbearer, uh, sunbearer follower named Reinhold Goeth, who uh, was just a little rustler, just decided to, to do it for, for a little bit of money, a little bit of coin. In addition to heading to that site, along the way, you all were attacked by a giant, primeval, ancient monster that roams this territory. Got away. You also managed to find possibly Gabriel's uh, lover, girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. And upon reaching this site where all these bodies were found, uh, where they were found kind of torn apart with the exception of one, this, this man named Ralston, who who was apparently Gabriel's best friend mm-hmm. of some kind, uh, you, you found a couple other interesting things. You found that there was this strange natural occurrence of rock where on the western side it was purely smooth and on the eastern side it was jagged and there's a carving etched into it that seemed significant however the specifics of what that carving might have meant you didn't necessarily know unfortunately however isn't it like a big swirly thing yeah it was like a it was like a snaky little line with some cross hatchings uh you took a you took a sketching of it but you don't know specifically because none of you were able to pass that education. Though, I, if I recall correctly... I was very close. Erwin was really close to I passing. I was very close. And, I was uh, two away. Yeah. So hopefully maybe there's somebody back in town, or maybe through some additional research, you'll be able to make another attempt at it later. In addition you know, in addition to that, it's just very simply, like this was such a noticeable area, and it, it seems too coincidental for there to just be a bunch of bodies here. So it came to the conclusion this looked to be like a meeting place. It's possible maybe Gabriel was meeting somebody here. Who? You don't know. Then... You also found, Chovy did, dug up this kind of glassy greenish rock uh, from the ground that kind of made him a little sickly and was showing it to one or two people in the group. And at this time, you were accosted, attacked 
ambushed, something like that. One of those words is right. Uh, by a group of, of humanoid-looking creatures that were ugly as sin, had weird weird deformations, mutations of some kind on them, uh, and they proceeded to to attack you. Yes, our, our initiative is still up there. We can see Kitan's head. <laughs> Lovely name. And tentacle arm. Scraggy beard. Scraggy beard guy. Shaved head lady. <laughs> Shaved head lady. <laughs> and uh, it was a very brutal battle uh, where at times it looked like you all had the upper hand, but then through some moments of fate uh, where the dice just didn't go your oh, way, yeah. certain people, uh, I think it was Bear who suffered one and then Irwin later on, Suffered, yes. yeah, suffered the chain exploding D6, which we were doing slightly wrong, but it was wrong more in your favor than mine. So I'll explain that later. But uh, you managed to, to fight them off. But one by one, everyone fell. One by one, Bear went down, Chovy went down. Chovy nearly died, if not for Reinhold, standing toe-to-toe with one of these creatures for no other reason than just to be you know, a good person to, to try to protect this this young halfling, halfling man, Irwin went down, Emily, Bruno, uh-huh. Reinhold sadly went down as well, and he he fell too. And then it was Zofia one v oneing this uh, this creature for the longest time. The two of them, it was like the end of of the first Rocky, where they're just exhausted <laughs> at that point. They're just throwing haymakers left and right. Sometimes they're landing, sometimes they're missing, but who really cares? But finally, Zofia actually prevailed. Uh, you all had to expend a series of fate points to be able to uh, to survive. So how you how you feeling? Horrible. Uh, We're incapacitated. Yeah. Uh, yes, all of you, with the exception of Zofia, actually fell incapacitated. So as Zofia was standing there, looking at this bloodbath, bodies everywhere, not yet having a whole lot of time to. Lend first aid. You're taking stock at the various bodies laying around, trying to get a sense for where one friend ends and some crazed, chaotic folk begins. Uh, who's alive? Before you even really get a chance to take any good hard look, a strange sound begins to start echoing in your ears. Familiar. And you feel this cold wind start to wash over you. One that seems to kind of cascade down from these tall ageless trees around you. You shiver. You can't help. It's getting cold. It's wintertime. And from the back of your neck to your arms to your legs while you kind of feel the wind and you see it bend the branches and scatter these final needles and leaves that are starting to fall as autumn turns to winter, you only vaguely hear the wind somewhere in the background because there are other sounds. It starts first like a buzz, like a whisper, this steady ringing, ever ascending in tone and in volume. And the ringing seems to be censoring something else. Voices, maybe. You think you might recognize like a word or two carrying on that wind, but that just just barely out of reach. And then that ringing relents momentarily and you hear something else, the sound of earth crumbling beneath 
heavy steps, the soles of boots, and perhaps this elusive snap of a twig, and you are certain that someone, someone else is coming. What do you do? Sophia is scared to death at this point, and is going to try to find a larger body to kind of crouch down and kind of hide under to be able to kind of see what's going on, but maybe be able to look like one of the possibly dead bodies in the pile. Okay. So she's going to try to do a little, like, play possum. Okay. Uh, roll a stealth test. Treat it as standard. I need your number, actually. 29. 29. Okay, that's pretty good. Fortunately for you, you have many options. Because all but Chovy is, is bigger than you. So you track down over Tracy Bear's body laying. You kind of scoot as best you can underneath him. This sort of reddish mud starting to cake over your body as you're not sure if it's if it's Bear's blood, if it's Bruno's blood, who's laying nearby, Emily's maybe, who's just several more feet away, or one of these other creatures. But you do your best to kind of hide as... I'm going to kind of take some of that blood and just kind of rub it on me. Like, I looked pretty shitty anyway, but I'm just going to kind of try to sell the fact that I could be okay. slain. So from your hiding place, you watch as first one ruggedly garbed figure and then another emerges from around this rocky escarpment about 40 yards to the northwest you can barely see them but you can you can see them enough you've positioned yourself so that your face is kind of looking in that direction there's heavy cloaks on these these figures animal fur wrapped around each other's shoulders and as they step over this really large, gnarled, green root that snakes down from the bank. You notice that, they, that they're that they wearing these dark boots and pants that uh, periodically appear as the flaps of these heavy skin and fur cloaks flap around in the wind. They have weapons drawn. At this distance, you can see like a glint of metal as there's still a little bit of sun left in the sky coming through the trees. But most curious, most unsettling, is as you track from the ground upwards, you look up at their faces, their heads. You see these solid yellow bone dried skulls sitting atop their shoulders where the fur cloak begins to ruffle in some way, like the heavier thickness around the back of the necks and creating almost like a collar. I need you to go ahead. I need you to make a resolve test. I would like you to do this at standard. Fail. 74. Okay, we've replenished our fortune points if you'd like to re-roll that. Yes, I would. Past 27. Okay. There we go. So they're moving away from that large tree root from the bank. They're moving slowly, cautiously, in the direction of where all these bodies lay, where you're hiding underneath Bear's body. There's a long blade in one hand, short blade in another, both of them looking 
fairly identical in this in this regard. And they're crouching kind of low to the ground. They're using loose boulders and trees and trunks for some partial cover as they slowly approach. They skirt around the remnants of this little skirmish, this battlefield at first, and they're motioning to each other with like hand signals and gestures, not really making any verbal sounds. And then they, after a moment, begin to walk onto the blood-soaked ground, stepping over the various unconscious bodies of your friends and of the the dead foul folk who who attacked you. And then using their long blades, they start to poke at the bodies on the ground, not violently, just a little bit here and there, looking you imagine for some sort of signs of life, consciousness. And then you see them sometimes squat a little bit lower for kind of closer inspection. At this point, with them within just yards of you, you can actually hear a grunt coming from beneath what you now think are these animal skulls on their heads. Maybe a ram or a goat winding, twisting antlers emerging from the foreheads and weaving around the sides of the head where you expect the ears to be. And from this this angle, you see no the signs of eyes or skin on those faces. After a moment, one of the two figures is getting very close to where you now hide beneath bear. The other figure stands abruptly and is holding in their hand this glassy, green, jagged rock that Chovy had dug up, and it motions quickly to the figure that was within just two, three steps of you. And that figure turns around, joins the other, and the two of them look briefly at this. The second figure slips their weapons back into their scabbards, brings both hands up to those skull head, and lets out a remarkably accurate bird call. And moments later, you watch as two other figures begin to emerge from the same place where these first two figures were first seen. One of those is about your height, and weighed down, it seems, by multiple packs, their body covered in fur clothing with a head made out of a yellowed goat or ox skull. You see this tether leash some kind extending from behind that short, five-foot-tall figure. As you track it, it's held at the other end by a very tall individual, one that would probably rival Bear. They're draped in multiple layers of robes made from a look like animal skins and furs, but with multiple sigils and runes that have been painted or seared into the skins. In one hand, They hold the tether, and in the other, they balance an immense walking stick, almost as tall, perhaps even taller than them. It's blackened, gnarled wood. At the very top, sprouts branches that twist outward from the staff. And from these delicate branches hang these small threads, and attached to them are these bits of what you think are bone, perhaps. Dark feathers, other indiscernible objects that you can't quite see. Atop the tall figure's shoulders, from a a ruffled collar made of more dark feathers, there's an elongated skull, possibly unnatural, perhaps a ram's or an elk's head stretched in some way. It extends uncomfortably long, 
and the remnants of these antlers weave into a single centered appendage that curves up and back behind the head. The first figure, the one that's carrying the green stone, hurries over, shows that rogue creature what he found. And upon examining this glassy rock, the tall rogue figure tugs at that tether, and the leashed figure around her height reaches into this pack hanging from their side, pulls out a black metal chest as long as your forearm. They open it, and they set that glassy rock inside, closing it. After a few moments, you notice the other original figure that was nearing you no longer seems to be coming in the direction of bears. Instead, standing over top of Emma Lee's body, its bony head tilting one way and then the other like a curious dog it leans down it lifts Emily's arm the one with her metal fist and it points to something with a with its smaller dagger like blade grunting at their partner who now comes back the two of them standing squatting over top of Emily at this point you see one of them roll up her sleeve they exchange this bony look with each other, and then some muffled words. Roll an eavesdrop test, and because you're so close, I want to make it routine. Fail. Okay, we still have fortune points if you want. Sure. All zeros. Is that a critical fail? As a critical fail. Fortunately, you don't make out much, but you do hear it's this jagged voice that hollow coming out from behind whatever this head is. First, it seems like they're speaking in tongues. It kind of unsettles you. It takes seven points of mental peril. As you move your head slightly, maybe giving yourself a better look, maybe you can hear a little bit better, but as you do so, you realize you might give away your position. And as they go back and forth, there's, there's just one line that you catch. You hear... You want to see this. The tall, robed individual begins stomping their staff on the outskirts of this little battlefield, gesturing some kind of impatience, and then tugs the tether of the shorter figure and returning the way they came towards that large tree root, towards the escarpment. One of the first figures lingers a moment. The other one slowly making their way, following the robed figure. The one that lingers stands above Emily as if thinking, bends down, and then lifts her body effortlessly. He wants her arm. And then throws her over their shoulder. Starts carrying Emily's body. Stumbles a little bit, right over top of you, tripping on one of Bear's massive feet. You see them fall, collapsing for a moment before the other figure returns, helps them collect their things which had gotten scattered, situates Emily's body on the shoulder in a safer way. And then they leave the clearing. You watch them continue to walk until they are completely out of sight. You wait 30 seconds, five minutes, until you think that they're not around anymore. What do you do? 
Sophia is trying to very quickly assess the best course of action here. Uh, she is clearly not wanting to leave her party member alone, um, but is severely outnumbered and outsized and outstrengthed and is scared to try to take them on. Um, so what she will quickly do is try to rummage through everyone's bags and kind of look for bottom bandages, anything, to try to, like, get people up quick to see if we can discuss options with someone, possibly give chase with the group. Alright, so you want to start looking through people's things now. As you do, I mean, I'm not going to require specific uh specific role or anything what do people have she's looking for bandages she's looking for laudanum i have bruno's sheets and he is out both you find nothing of use on me i have two laudanum two laudanum holy cow uh i just want to let people know i had the sketching of the thing so that's gone and all my stuff's gone well that's too bad yep uh, i got two bandages Oh, by the way, actually, you can leave. Emily's gone. There's no reason Okay, Brad. I'm going to go get some food. I'll catch you guys later. Okay. Roll an awareness test. Uh, routine. I need it. Okay. So, as you're going through and rifling through pockets, both of your party members and also of these creatures that attacked you, the horrid stench just kind of overwhelms you to a point the sight just the immense sight of blood as you reach in and you you feel like blood and viscera kind of coat your hand as you're like slipping your hand into bags or underneath coats you just start to shake a little bit from the nastiness of it all and you're going to take some more mental peril this is starting to get very taxing you take six more points of mental peril but you find that they don't have these these other creatures as you go through them. They, they don't have any. It doesn't appear to have any bandages. They do have other things. They have they have these small packs that seem to be carrying these mushrooms, these red capped mushrooms. They have there's a host of throwing axes just scattered all over the place. Most of their weapons seem to be intact, but no clear signs of that. So who, how many bandages did you end up with? Two total? Yeah, just two. Okay. So then, if you want, you choose to try to bandage somebody. They'll they'll eventually wake up on their own, but you can choose to bandage people if you want. I will bandage. Just remember that. Attempt. Just remember, it's not, it's not like D&D where like they lost all their hit points and then if you heal them, their hit points, they pop back up. Incapacitate is a little different like they're gonna wake up like on their own so like usually because of their brawn bonuses is going to affect that so i've noted that and it's flipped to fail to do heal without it being trained i would like to get at least bear up okay do you want to try to force feed him something or do you want to try to bandage him what are you looking to do here i'm gonna try to force feed him the one okay I'm going to say, in this strange case, both of you will take the corruption. Because uh, whenever you take drugs, like the law... Need you consent. Take, take corruption. So I'm going to have you take it just, just to this your back. And I'm going to have you take it because you're forcing it. So I would say Bear is probably the first to come to. It's probably been about 40 minutes 
since the battle ended. Probably 30, 25, since the people, whatever these creatures were that showed up, that took Emily, left. A few minutes later, as you're, you're going through, kind of slapping people on the face a little bit, trying to get them to wake up, Erwin pops up next, about five minutes later, and then another ten minutes later, Chovy comes to. When you check in on Bruno, he doesn't seem to be waking up. And as you, you roll him over, you notice that the side of his head seems to have suffered a pretty terrible wound. Some kind of injury. Kind of fracture along the bone above his ear. He likely will need some medical attention. It's even worse when you go over the Rhinehold. When you reach down to, to check for breathing, check for a heartbeat, he's gone. You flip through his belongings and you do find that he has a bandage on him. Sophia will sort of mutter to herself, uh, just a, she's not the praying type, but just, um, will sort of mutter a, um, thank you to him for saving Chovy's life and for attempting to help us and sort of curse the fact that he died along the way. Okay. Oh man, what the heck happened out here? Back of my head is killing me. Where, where's Emma Lee? Sophia will interject and whisper loudly, um, but basically say like, "Don't talk so loudly. There's still people around." And so then she will whisper, explain to everyone, kind of huddle them close, so that she doesn't have to speak too loudly while she explains. Um, that just this was a horrible massacre basically that happened here with all of these mutated people that came and just completely overpowered all of us and then when that was over these other people came and they were they had animal skulls over their heads and they wore these like animal furs and they looked through everything. They took the rock that you found. They took that with them. And they liked Emily's hand, her little iron fist thing, and took her. So those people saved us? They killed all the beasts? I have no idea what happened. You remember Bear went down... I think it was the first thing. First, happened, yeah. Because yeah, that crazy... Chain no, we we fought all of them. They didn't come until after. Oh, that's impressive. Uh, I don't even remember what happened. I was fighting that horrible, ugly faced person, and that's the last thing I remember. Just remember, Emily's not here. I don't. They took her. What What are we supposed to do? Like, I don't feel like if we follow those people that there's any chance that we have I mean we probably couldn't even get back to town if we were to run into a wolf or something no I I would have I would have gone after them they said something about like he will want to see this so they looked at her her hand and her arm and there's clearly someone else in charge of them that they needed to take her back to and I, I, I would have 
gone after them, but I, I could barely survive everyone that we were fighting. I, I, I couldn't just run after by myself. I, I kind of made a note of what direction they went, but I, I just couldn't do it by myself. I think we should try to bandage Bruno's head up, um, but our, our, our guide is, is dead. He's, there's, there's nothing we can do for him. It was probably the only chance we had of tracking where they took her. Well, at least we don't gotta pay him now. That's uh, upside. <laughs> Three points corruption. <laughs> I already had some. Might as well get some. <laughs> so hard. Uh, shoot. Well, we can't just leave Emily. Maybe these people willing to help us? Did they seem bad? They just sound like a bunch of trappers. They're just wearing a bunch of fur and. No, I, maybe maybe I didn't uh, explain the horror of their. They were wearing skulls of animals over their heads, and they were like deformed animal skulls. To be and... clear, you're not sure that those were over their heads or actually were their heads. Oh shit! Well, yeah. But definitely not just people that I would want to pop up and be like, Hey guys, how's your night going? I don't think they would help us. They seem like these guys that just ambushed us. They don't sound any worse than them. They they were completely covered. So the people that came up seemed mutated here and there. A head, an arm, something. These were just completely covered in furs. And they sort of muttered to themselves it was hard to even understand what time of day was it um it's almost night right I think it's almost night if I recall yeah this is the last bit of the sun yeah uh, there is no way in the dark as wounded as we are that we can track them or even move Bruno I mean he's massive unfortunately we need to stay yeah. here until the morning yeah he's, he's I don't think he's super tall but he's I know corpulent. he's corpulent yeah. he's massive yeah, yeah. Yeah, Re- realistically, like five four and corpulent. <laughs> I. He's Dom Unfortunately, right now we are a step away from death. We need to find somewhere here where we can hide, and hope that nothing finds us in the night, and hope that we can somehow find Emily and keep Bruno from dying on the way back to town. We are not in a good place. That was a terrible fight for us. These, this place I mean we had the creature that chased us we've got these mutated people we've got these other people with animal skull heads they did warn us that this was a not good place and I was trying to be positive but it is an awful place I was expecting like prisoners who are you know murderers and things not this sort of it's... just mutated creature things that are happening. I think that the murderers are probably the least of our problems at this point. That's a scary thought. Isn't it? What I would like to do is go over to the bodies of the mutated people that we were fighting. Okay. And I want to see if there are any sort of identifying 
marks on them, and I don't mean the mutations, I mean if they have any sort of um, just physical things about them. Because okay. I'm kind of working on an idea of what these things could possibly be. Alright, so as you start going through everything, and it's, it's a mess here, right? You find your own weapons. You start organizing probably the various the various weapons and items that you find that aren't yours. You notice a few things. First, like I said, there's just hand axes everywhere. It's like 13 wow. intact Franciscas. That's the name of the book. Basically, throwing axes. We'll grab a few of those. All of them seem to have on some kind of armor. It's not particularly well-made. It's animal hide. Sort of dried, dried skin. When you look at them, there's four of them that are intact. One of them needs probably some some repair. They're called hide armor. Uh, there are multiple shields. One of which probably you set aside for for Bruno, who lost his in the chase with Luthustuk. Four of those are intact. One of them seems to be splintered beyond repair. Like I said, you, you you start going through their packs, you find a bunch of mushrooms. All of them are carrying a couple mushrooms. These ten uh, red-capped mushrooms uh, that are tucked away in these, these those small packs. And they all have somewhere on their body, either hanging from around uh, a rawhide cord or just... In like a you know in a pack itself or like a tattoo like a crude tattoo they all seem to have a symbol this vile looking thing it's uh, these crudely carved birds painted black with four wings any chance I recognize what that is do you have Incantation. I do not have incantation. I would say, if you, yeah, without, I don't think this is something necessarily covered by education, yeah. sadly. Um, this would have, this would be a hard incantation test to identify. All of them seem to be carrying relatively the similar thing, but you do find one small anomaly. And as you start to track back your mind, Sophia, the last hour, and you remember seeing one of those animal-headed creature people stumble to the ground, kind of scatter some of their their items, and then get back up. You think maybe this might have dropped from them. It's It doesn't look like the types of things that these other creatures were carrying. It's it's crude, but not, but still decently made, stitched well. It's this small bag, maybe a maybe a pound or two. You open it up, and you see this white crystalline powder. You all have found another clue. Oh. I'm about to ingest that clue. (laughs) As you taste it, (laughs) as you taste it, you realize it is not salt, and it is not sugar. Oh. An easy alchemy test, if anybody would like to make it. If anybody has alchemy. That's a fail. Uh, we still have 78. So that's not crit, so you can re-roll it if you like. We still have... Sure, why not? Okay. 
Actually, can you throw this in my cup, please? Since you got nothing else to do, because... 25. Sophia, success. Sophia let you get kidnapped. Success. As you, uh, as you taste it, take a little 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 bit of it in your, your pinky, you sniff it, put it on your tongue. You realize this is saltpeter. This is Ooh. sort of refined saltpeter. And as you, as you think about it, you know that saltpeter is not an easy substance to acquire. Uh, it is a ingredient in two things that you know of. One of those is gunpowder, and it is the most difficult to acquire substance needed to create gunpowder. Other things like charcoal, so easier to find. And also royal water, which is this kind of dissolving acid that can pretty much dissolve any substance and is also used as a treatment for a disease, uh, this fungal disease called called, uh, called orcs malt that uh, is caused by like being exposed to these certain kinds of spores and fungus starts to grow on you. So it's those two things this is a common ingredient for. Outside of that, you're not like it has no specific use on its own, only mixed with other things. That's uh, some valuable stuff there. That's saltpeter. And you gun, explain gun, yeah. you explained everything that I just said. Yep. Gunpowder gun, gun is the main thing that I would use it for. I wonder about these mushrooms that they have too. If there's any use for, I have one of these. Uh, I think that I don't remember, but it, I think you can eat these. Uh, roll a routine. Uh, oh, me does. Twenty-six. So yes, red caps are uh, like a hallucinogenic, and they can allow you if if you consume them, they kind of put you into a kind of state of bloodlust where you attack a little bit more viciously, do a little bit more damage, that type of thing. And it's likely this is the type of thing that maybe these creatures would consume before battle. It might have lend somewhat to their aggressiveness to their viciousness i recommend that you take this armor and try and wear it i know that it's a bit big for you and probably a bit small for you uh but it would be important to have armor not having armor is very dangerous you're not that small you're not you know i mean you can you can fit this like it's even chovy you could i mean it's it's baggy and awkward on you if you wanted to wear some but you could with a couple nips and tucks, some crude tailoring could probably cut off some some of the excess and wear it. Um, it's definitely like hardened animal hide, and it's it wasn't well cured, so it's kind of gross and stuff. It probably needs a good good cleaning. Stains of blood and viscera are on it and stuff. Probably some of your friends. Urban makes a good point. For those without armor, might be it's better than nothing. So you want big enough for a bear? Sure. Yeah, I mean, nice. like some of the, some of the creatures that you were fighting. Were quite large yeah, that big two-armed lady whatever she was yeah yeah she was your she was your long-lost mother what yep. oh my you, gosh you killed her did you say there's one armor set four. there is there, four. Are, there are four that are intact and one that would need some repairing so uh, basically some I would, I would call for some time and some and a trade craft roll to try to repair that one so, yeah i want a shield too so yeah you can grab one of those as well come in handy are any of the like mutations on them still active even after they're dead? No, no, nothing. nothing. The tentacles not flapping around <laughs> still now. No, no. And so I didn't see any. So we saw the the tattoos. So they all had the tattoo. No, they're not all tattoos. Some of them are like like symbols worn on on a, on a necklace or something like that, or or little charms on a bracelet, or or one of them 
like kind of passive, but it's all that same kind of four four wing crow, this, this black and four wing crow. It's really crude though. Like when you look at the the craftsmanship of the token that you, that you were given from uh, to by Hema to uh, you know to kind of look at, you look at the, the craftsmanship is is far better. So this is just by people who probably aren't particularly polished at doing artistic endeavors. And I just generally want to take note of kind of general kind of height of these individuals. Are they, you know, short women, tall men? It's just a mix. Kind of a general. It's a mix. There's no one specific. Yeah. Well, is their flesh like rotting or do they look like they've been dead? Uh, I mean, they're very dirty. Uh, so they've been dirty. out in the woods. They probably don't look like they have a regular bathing ritual. Uh, but aside from the two that are clearly some sort of chaotic mutation, they all just uh, just look like people. People who have lived a hard life, but people. I'll look for some sort of trace of those beastmen that Sophia mentioned. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and roll an awareness test. And I'll make this, at this point, it's getting a little dark. Uh, we'll make this hard. I uh, failed. Okay. Do you want to hear No. Okay. So you look around and you find footsteps. You know, boot prints leading immediately out of the actual area. And you can, you track it maybe 30 or 40 yards. But then it gets to this sort of rocky, this rocky embankment. There's like this, there's this tree, this large tree with this big old green root coming out of it. But there's really no vegetation after that point. So... Once they get to that rocky area, there's like there's no way they find boots. So you, you follow it for maybe 30, 40 yards, and then you kind of lose it in the rocks. So the men you're talking about, yes, they were here. There's traces of them. But I recommend, since it's getting dark, we have to rest, and hopefully we can find them in the morning. It's definitely heading in, in a north, northwesterly direction. Perry, you want to help me move Bruno up against the cliff here? going to push him off? <laughs> like, oh wait, we're at the bottom. You're at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? a cliff. Got to climb for it. <laughs> yeah, and you can push. Him. Yeah, let's, I'm gonna Evo. try to move him over where he's like leaned up against the cliff face. Do you all want to make camp here? Do you want to make camp elsewhere? What do you want to? Do? Where would you like to sleep tonight? Dang it! <laughs> Away from this alcove or sort of area where all the blood happened. Okay, why don't you roll a survival check for me to see if you can find. Decent camp. Standard. Uh, and actually, no, this is, uh, I believe I said this was challenging. Sorry. I'm trying to think what the wilderness travel was. I will help. Yeah. You can assist. Do you have you have a skill rank in survival? No. Then you can assist. Pass. Okay. Nice. So you move southwesternly a bit away from the rockiness of this area. Find some better tree cover. You see like, there's some some branches and small logs on the ground that you can easily corral and create like a campfire if you wanted a campfire. A little depression with a with a bank behind you to break some of the wind and settle in for the night. I want to before uh, I go to bed I want to go back to the area where we fought uh, and stand over the guy with the tentacle arm and then just get very angry and cut the tentacle arm off. Right. And I'm going to take it with me. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Cut a tentacle <laughs> arm off. All I'm right. guessing we're going to move Bruno to our campsite. 
and not by the cliff now. Yeah. You can just right. leave he's, him there. He's just heavy. It's going to take forever to move him. Are you assigning watches for the night, or are you just going to say, screw it? YOLO. Now we're going to watch it. <laughs> I'll take Jeez. first watch. I'll help with first watch. Don't wake me up if you have to. Wait, don't what? wake me up if you have to? Yes. Don't wake me up if you don't have to. No, if you have to, don't wake me up. I'm just... Oh, okay. So if we get attacked, just like leave you there? Got it. Noted. And right, I'll take whatever watch. Second. Okay. All right, everybody who's uh, taking a watch, go ahead and roll an awareness test. 22. 28. I would assume, since he's not participating, that we'll take more than two watches. I passed as well. 25. Okay, all three passed. Okay, they're correct. Okay, so who's first? I did first. All right, everyone. So everyone else settles into the night. Take one last quick walk over to this small pond. There was, fortunately nearby... Trovi found it, looking for a camp. Fill up your flasks. Settle in. Just kind of stand there, looking into this like dark, dark water. Just kind of see this strange shadow, which is peculiar. Maybe you have a torch or a lantern. Or a lantern. Just, and you see the shadow kind of moving in the water in a way that seems a bit unnatural, a bit unnerving. You to go ahead and please make the challenging resolve test. Oh, Jesus. Challenging adds how much? The challenging is 10. It's minus 10. Oh, minus 10. Okay. So resolve. I rolled a 25 and I needed a 30. Okay. So you pass. I did. You feel, you take a step back probably. A little nervous at first. Maybe some childhood flashbacks begin to wash over you. Maybe you say to yourself, just seeing things. It's just the light playing tricks. And that's when you see something move, this little ripple in the pond itself. It starts in the center. It starts moving towards you like like a dragonfly, kissing the surface just a little bit. This tiny little stream coming directly towards you. Back up like five feet away. Okay. See if it like keeps coming out of the water towards me. And you see something break the surface begin to crawl up that small little shore a little bit of dark sand you look closely it's this black tar looking hand yes oh i'm just going back away from that it's walking walking i go back to the camp away from that thing so it's just a hand not connected to anything it's an arm too but then he ran away you're not there. Mm-hmm. You settle in for the rest of your your watch. You doing anything? Um, just think about how <laughs> no matter where I go, something horrible or creepy is coming out of water. I don't understand why it, why this thing is following me. Uh, and then I'll wake up one of them for their watch, and I'll say, "Be careful if you go get water." <laughs> And uh, go to bed. Okay, who do you wake up? I'll wake up uh, Bear first. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, my turn already? All right. I'm going to go tend to the fire. Okay. Probably getting a little, a little low. Collect some branches. As you're sitting there, 
emptying the fire. Then as you walk around the outskirts of the camp, collecting small little bits of bits of firewood, splitting them easily with your hand. Those that you can't split easily, you just take one of the hand axes and just slam through it really as silently as you can, kind of muting or deafening the sound. And that's when you hear that splintering sound that you make begin to echo off in the darkness somewhere. Kind of look for a second thinking maybe it's probably just a it's probably just your imagination. It's just it's nighttime. It's a forest. Then you hear it again. That same crack of wood as if something I look down did I step on a branch? Well you didn't. So more to the northwest probably about 40 yards away. You see a small light begin to glow. And as you look that way, you see a figure standing there, holding this torch, having just stepped around from behind this this large tree trunk. You can see this, this orange light just kind of cascading down the side of that tree down the side of this this figure, this tall figure. Possibly gonna, taller than you. Uh, smother the fire. Throw some dirt on it. Okay. And see if I can hide behind a tree and kind of scout out where he's going. Okay. You can easily see the torchlight start to move towards the camp. Then it suddenly stops about 15 yards from your position. You probably moved a little off to the side just to kind of get a good look as it moves up. And as it does, you notice a figure over six feet tall. And you see this yellow-orange flickering of light off the side of what looks to be this bone-like mask. The mask itself is maybe three feet in length. It's got these antlers that extend like a reindeer in all sorts of magnificent directions. And then the torchlight is snuffed out. Do they have a weapon out? or It's too hard to see. Yeah, They definitely were holding the torch in one hand, but you didn't see any metal glinting of any kind. Do I hear anything else? Keep an ear out. Kind of match the description of those people that took Emily... It did match Zofia's description, but you do not see anything else. When you listen, you hear usual nighttime sounds. Insect here, bird there, distant howl. Maybe I was seeing things. Probably not. I'm still going to like keep an eye on that area. Okay. Just going to return to camp. Okay. Wake up, Zofia. Yep. You say anything <clears throat> to her? Yeah, I'll let her know that I think I saw one of those people that she mentioned earlier. He's walking around with a torch. So I, that's why I killed the fire. Sorry, it's a little chilly. One of the people with the animal heads? Yeah, it's like deer antlers all over. and. Yes, that, that looks like one of them. What? Yeah, so maybe he went back to the original site and saw that we were missing and went looking for us. And what did you do? I just was watching him, and then his torch went out, and I lost sight of him. Should should we wake everyone and 
leave? Now that I don't they think we're he here? knew we were here. Hmm. Hmm. This is bad. This is very bad. Well, I'm off to bed now, so uh, <laughs> just uh, let me know if anything comes up. Oh. Good luck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sophia's really not looking forward to a solo watch. Okay, roll a resolve test. At uh, I think it's standard difficulty. Crit fail. Oh wow! <laughs> That's your third one, right? Yeah. Crit fail. Yes. All right. Maybe it was. That little bit of extra information Bear just dropped on you. Sophia's had a very rough day. She's seen things that others haven't seen. But you start to to feel this intense fear just begin to wash over you. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And maybe a little panic sets in. You start to hyperventilate a bit. You think that there might be Something out there that they're watching. Yep, this is it. Forest, middle, freaking nowhere. This is this is how it ends. This is how it ends. Your breath gets so ragged, so heavy, that you just collapse into a heap, incapacitated. Uh, you're going to take uh, six points of corruption. <laughs> crit fail. This is a crit fail of a fear result. Morning comes. Jovi, maybe you're the first to awake because you had a nice long... You see Zofia just like laying there awkwardly slunched over. That's in an incredibly uncomfortable position. There's a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of darkness still out. It's not fully, fully light out. You can kind of see this, the sunlight begin to peeking over the, the mountains to the east. But slowly, everyone wakes up. You look around, it's cloudy, very cold. All of you can go back up to Imperiled on your on your track. I can go all the way. I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> Does that include Sophia? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so did you come across anything interesting, uh, Sophia, on the last part of the watch? Sophia had initially sort of just woken up and hadn't remembered that for the first couple of minutes. And then the panic sort of sets back in when Bear asks her that question. And so she kind of gets agitated. And it, it, it was just so bad. There were just so many, so many things. And so she's kind of not making a whole lot of sense, just sort of remembering that feeling that she had. And also having this moment of panic that... Um, Bear, I, I, I don't even think I finished my watch. Actually, I, th- I think I just. Oh. I, d- I don't know what happened. Th- this is. You were sprawled out awkwardly. I think you passed out or something. I must have been exhausted. Uh, it happens. We're all, we're all still alive, so. Sophia checks over <laughs> her body real quick just to make sure that she didn't slump over awkwardly because she was like conked on the head or something. And she doesn't feel a headache, doesn't seem to have any bruises, and just recognizes that the stress of this is really 
a bit much. So. Yeah, and not to mention you all are still physically very yep. hurt. Like I think everyone is grievous, with the exception of Bear, who yep. I think is serious. So this is where we decide what we're doing. We have probably fractured skull Bruno, who's huge. We have no knowledge of how to directly get back to town. We also have missing Emily, who was alive? Question mark. I was not there to see. I don't, we don't know at this point what they could have possibly done. Sophia, you, you knew she was alive. You saw her breathing at one point. She was just like everybody else incapacitated. Before, I mean, I, I would say you don't know the extent of her injuries, but yeah, but she seemed... she was alive yeah. when you last saw her. Just but, just out. We don't know what they wanted with her, if they're going to hurt her, if it's already too late. What does the group want to do? Because we can't do both. We have to choose. We oh. either have to take him back to town, because it will take probably three of us to move him or we go after her and we can't guarantee his safety if we go after her and they're hostile i mean he's huge there's no way we can be quiet dragging a huge body throughout this forest and getting lost possibly doing it i would say that bruno isn't i mean he's no longer incapacitated he's kind of coming in out of consciousness he's having trouble concentrating Definitely probably has a cracked skull, a fractured skull of some kind, and it's just not... He can walk somewhat, but he would probably need somebody to guide him. How far away was the camp or to town again? You are several days north of Rue. I think it's best if we follow these tracks to where Emily was taken. Yeah, that's what I want to do. All right. It's going northwest, you said? Somewhere in that direction, yeah. Yeah, If they're hostile, we can make a run for it, maybe. Use a... Use old Bruno as a... <laughs> Bruno will die if he doesn't get medical attention. Uh, skull fracture is under serious. Sounds pretty serious. So basically, he his the mechanical effect for him is that he all skill checks are flipped to fail. So everything he tries to do is flipped to fail. So, but more narratively, role play. He's yeah. He's in. A, I mean, he's got a fractured skull for crying. So, so can we still do the surgery thing? Uh, he actually doesn't require surgery because only grievous grievous injuries require surgery. Oh, okay. So he can't really cure that? Uh, no, he needs to fully recuperate. Um, recuperate if for him is just going to be a lengthy bed rest. Uh, gotcha. Recuperation can only happen. I think you have to actually know. I'm trying to remember. I think it's not surgery, but a heal test to heal the fractured skull. And you have to have a seed part of opium. Right. And then which is expended, but then you have to be successful on that heal test to treat the injury. Grievous injuries require surgery specifically. Everything else is just heal tests, basically, with some other components. And then recuperation time, which is going to be several days. Yeah, so he can't gotcha. begin his recuperation until somebody until, does the heal. Until he does the heal test, which none of you and nobody has are capable to do. You don't have the C-Bot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He needs to get back to town, basically. to be. He, he's really just dead weight at this point. Uh, if we're heading north and we get in the combat, we need to run. Just to be clear. How uh, injured are you guys? Grievously wounded. He's serious. Very we're serious. all grievously wounded except for him. And in the future, it was very um, hectic and very hard to see what was going on. But when we get into fights, as a group, we need to work more together. Otherwise, this will happen possibly worse because we were all kind of 
taking on one person. And generally speaking, when you're fighting for your life, you don't fight fair. Just as a suggestion. I like that with with Emily gone, with Bruno down. Erwin's the last remaining like warrior class, right? Warrior yeah, type. Taking charge. I like it. All right, so what's the plan? I mean, you have no good choices. You have no good options. If we're heading northeast, we need northwest. to northwest. We need to head back to where we were, and try and find the tracks after the rocky path where there is no vegetation. Because surely they would leave tracks after they leave the rocks. Maybe we can get on good terms with them if we give them their saltpeter back. Be like, hey, you dropped this. It is possible. If they're willing to negotiate whatsoever. But go, here's this. Oh, we won't kill you. Thanks for bringing that back. Now leave. Sophia's going to try to remember kind of the way they said he'll want to see this. Like, she's trying to grasp the straws. Like, did it seem ominous? Did it seem just general curiosity? Because they didn't kill anybody. They didn't do anything violent no so but they also the got to... quickly distracted by that glassy rock because they were going through and like poking people to try to figure some stuff out first but then they got distracted and then that's when the other other figures showed up and then they were impatient like in like that that taller figure with the staff kind of hurried them along so and when they put her kind of over the shoulder was it like a, an aggressive like kind she's of like a sack of just... potatoes and yeah they just threw her over Okay. It wasn't just... like a romance novel. No, no. Are you sure? Like, I'm down for that. <laughs> no, no. It was... I, I don't know if you can discern intention behind the way they threw her over over the shoulder. She's just trying to kind of justify, like, the voice... maybe they're not horrible. Maybe they, maybe that would be the way to go. Just can you help what... me in a bridal hold? <laughs> it's up to Sophia how she wants to to interpret it, but. They were particularly, I would say, unsettling to look at. For uh, sure, yeah, yeah. So you can interpret that as you will. I would say probably the average person in the world would probably have been put off, scared, avoidant of them, that that these look like whatever they were. I mean, again, you're not 100% sure that those heads were masks or whether they were actually heads. You have no You're not really sure. You know, you know you're... Your position underneath Bear didn't afford you. Like, you were close to them, but yeah. you also had a weird angle, and you couldn't really move much, so there's only so much you can glean. And then your eavesdrop test, you actually failed, and so you didn't get to hear the whole exchange. All you really kind of heard was kind of low, gravelly tones. If I remember correctly, at one point there was a suspicion of Gabriel being taken. This proves that there are people out here that could have taken him. For all we know, these could be the... Uh schism people from I don't think that sunbearers would dress up that way we saw how they normally dress even if there is some sort of schism they would still be very presentative of their beliefs I was trying to look at the people and see if they were mutated from like plague people that had been like mutated or from what you're from what you're saying they're very large and they were completely covered. We don't even know if they're people. They could be something else. We don't know. So what are we doing? What does everybody else think? Are we going back to we're, town or are we moving? We're going. To for, we're no, going we're going after. to trek up for these guys. Yeah. Yep. They walk and talk just like us. So maybe we could come to an agreement. 
trade the saltpeter for Emily. Yeah, if that's what they want. Okay. So you head back then uh, after a couple hours of discussion, eating, just resting. Remember that I mean, making camp is, is an all-day affair. It's not just you sleep and get it. You, actually, you, you spend a whole day yeah. camped up here another night, and then on the next day you feel at the very least a little bit more relieved of that stress. The damage has not abated. Yeah. And then you begin to work your way back to where you fought whatever those creatures were. When you get there, uh, they're still there, body's still on the ground. Uh, you can see that some carrion birds have already begun to peck. You shoo them away a little bit and they fly off. It's very large crows probably. And you try to pick up the trail again. Chovy, you point out what you found and again it, it just tapers off once it gets to the rocky area and you're not sure which way to go. I think it's the best if we just cut through and see if we can find anything. Okay. Like broken tree branches or anything that they came through here? After, at a certain point the trees sort of stop and it's just kind of slow rocky foothills because remember you guys are in the shadows of mountains and cliffs to the east and northeast okay so uh why don't you chovy i, I assume it will be chovy but somebody else can do this make um make a stealth check do the scouting ahead last time i was not very stealthy. It's challenging uh pass okay so i would imagine chovy bear probably are out front trying to find the trail Erwin, Sophia probably helping helping Bruno along a bit, Does that make, is it, would that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And so, periodically you all, the two of you uh, out front, you hear the sounds of like wild animals you scout out, manage to see a, a pack of like wolves pass in the distance and you reach back Hold the Cold. fist up. Yeah, unless everyone knows not to move. Occasionally a very large winged bird or creature flies overhead. You can kind of see the shadows cast along the ground, but doesn't dragon. seem <laughs> doesn't maybe a pit dragon. Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to take notice of you. And you just continue to move along this, this sort of rocky footing, um, slowly elevating the further north ish that you're going now you have a choice you can continue kind of northernly northeasternly into the into the, the more rocky foothill part of the mountains themselves or you can head westernly which is back kind of into the wooded forest forested area but you don't notice any any tracks along the way that would suggest you know the right choice are there any like smoke trails or anything in the sky that looks like somebody has a fire anywhere around no, nothing like that. They were wearing like hides and stuff, right? Yes. Like animal skulls? Yes. So they'd probably be in the forest, I would imagine. Okay, we can head back into the forest. Gonna bear westernly now? Okay. Yeah. You travel about a day, the rest of the day, until the sun begins to go, to go down and come across a handful of 
outcroppings of rock. You see kind of a, a pair of solo mountains, like smaller mountains off to the northwest, even further breaking between the, the covers of the, the trees. The trees themselves are incredibly thick. It's rough. It's rough terrain to walk through. You see snow starting to appear um, here and there. Ice is further, like you can kind of see some. It's incredibly, incredibly cold. You're starting to lose a little bit of feeling in your feet, in your fingers, in your nose. And as the day slowly winds down once more, you haven't picked up anything specific. There's nothing in the woods. Maybe they are up on the hills. These woods are massive. You could wander these for days and not necessarily be in the same place. Who knows how far they could have been walking this whole time. So as you take a break, maybe look around for somewhere to camp, you kind of look off to the west and you see you see the sun kind of going down a bit. It's then that Erwin you notice that as you're scanning the sky every now and then for you know, plumes of smoke or some indication. You see what looks to be carrion birds flying in the sky, circling in a kind of a high number. Dozens, perhaps. Just kind of swirling around above this area. Maybe like two miles away or so to the west. Can't quite make it out exactly, but it's still a little bit of a ways. No smoke or anything, but just these birds that just seem to be swirling and swirling around. It definitely catches your attention. Do you see the birds in the sky? It's the only thing we've seen that out of the norm. They birds could. are normally in the sky, I thought. I they mean, not don't gathering s- around something. Yeah. There's probably something... A dead animal, maybe? ...to eat over there, or perhaps... Who knows, but there's something over there that's drawing their attention. Do we want to go look? Yeah, we should check it out. It's the only thing we've seen. I agree. It's the the only type of clue that we've had. We should we take need, advantage. We need to be real careful in case there's any kind of danger. I beg your pardon, but you have five clues, young lady. <laughs> You're very close to a second lead. It's very exciting. Okay, you start heading off in the direction of the grove. You start to see the trees begin to thin out a little bit. And the wind begins to kick up coming from the east. And you realize you're probably getting closer to the coast at this point. Remember that the whole land begins to kind of move in sort of a northwesterly direction. And eventually you see that the trees themselves become so thin that you notice that there's other things that seem to be dotted between them. A hut here. Kind of a tall, flat roof here. Kind of covering an open an open area. Some of which seem to be intact, some of which seem to be collapsed. Snow seems to be piling up on top of some of these roofs. And it appears to be some kind of bare-bones village. You start to walk up somewhat closely to it. You don't see any figures moving. There doesn't seem to be any sign from 40 yards away or so of there to be activity. And there's cabins, you would say, here or there, some of which collapsed walls, collapsed beam, snow on the ground. And then you work your way into the center of what looked to be about a, a dozen different buildings, and you see this very large pit, uh, five yards across, maybe, half as deep. And it's surrounded by these dark blue-gray rocks that you assume 
are probably intentionally collected to maybe protect from like a bonfire or something like that. You still see that there are some charred logs still in the pit along with some kind of ash. Looks like maybe the site had seen activity sometime recently. Reach down, check it, maybe for heat. Nothing. Everyone roll who would like to. An awareness test. Standard. Sophia failed. Got a six. I pass. Pass. I would say, Sophia, maybe you're focusing on the ash in the center of the pit, but the rest of you, as Sophia, maybe you're also just helping Bruno to sit on top of a log, just the rest. The three of you begin to scat, you know, scatter around and poke in maybe kind of low, maybe knock on a door or something like that, trying to get any signs of life or activity. And I don't know who sees it first. Maybe you all pick a different direction but you start looking upwards again because you remember it was the birds that led you here, but you don't see any on the ground. You hear them, and then you start to look up. Your eyes track up the trunks of these trees. First five yards and ten. And you see that pinned to the trunks of the trees, well off the ground, there are these corpses hanging, humanoid, seemingly picked apart by animals, You see those dark birds pecking away, hanging there, completely uninterested with your presence. Start counting. Four, five, six. Every single tree that you can see has at least one or two bodies just hanging from them, and the birds just continue to peck away. 